the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and under to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. Roster brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football leagues and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast NFL Week 13 Player Props Edition. It is Friday, December 3rd, currently 8.02 p.m. on the East Coast. And I am joined by a full house of sharp bettors tonight. Three guys in three different time zones. And we'll start with the man that usually joins me on the Wednesday and Thursday PropCast. It's Rod via Gomez. Rod, how you doing tonight, sir? Wonderful, wonderful. I am probably the earliest uh, of the three time zones there. I'm on the <laughs> West Coast, so it's 502 for me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, a little uh, five o'clock for you, but joining us also from the East Coast, a later time for him, uh, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, Scott Reichel. Scott, how you feeling this Friday evening, my man? Uh, doing pretty well. It's always fun uh, having to do work on Friday night because I got a fantasy article to do after this, so this should be a fun time. But can't complain. Got some college football championships. Of course, we got basketball, NFL, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of stuff indeed. Friday night, college hoops, NBA championship games going on. So definitely I'm trying to keep you guys busy. So this is going to be a fun show for sure. So like plan for today, guys, we're going to go through uh, the Thursday night football game. We'll recap it. Uh, me and Rod have to vent a little bit about some heartbreak and we'll get into our player props for the Friday, I'm oh, sorry, the Sunday games uh, between myself, Scott, and Rod. We'll give you guys three player props each. So, guys, let's kick it off and recap that Thursday night football game between the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Dallas Cowboys get the victory 27-17 in NOLA. Uh, Much-needed victory after, I guess they can say, they got spanked defensively on Thanksgiving Day against the Las Vegas Raiders. But, uh Scott, I'll start with you, man. Takeaways from the game. Um, any guys that stood out? Any guys that were poor? I know Taysom Hill was battling the finger injury, but thoughts are, uh, thoughts uh, from the game last night? Um, I had one real takeaway from the entire game, yeah. and that is that 
Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints organization must really, really hate Trevor Simeon because they were sticking with Hill through the thick and thin, and they should have easily have benched him in the second half. Now, I kind of turned to my father because he's a Cowboys fan, so I was talking to him with, about the game. And I have a question for both of you, whether you're yeah. playing pickup football growing up, something like that. Have you ever seen anybody throw the ball well while wearing a splint on one of their fingers? Never. Rod, do you? I mean, I can't throw the ball well without a splint on my finger, so I've never <laughs> seen Yeah, I can only imagine if a splint on my finger. My middle finger, too. I mean, that's the control finger right there. Yeah. I just found it interesting because Hill was running the ball, and even after running plays, he was checking his finger every single second. So I figured that something was torn or he broke a bone or something. And he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards because he can't fully grip the thing. And I just kept saying to myself, shouldn't the Cowboys just put nine guys in the box and just dare Hill to throw the ball over their heads? And that's kind of what happened in the fourth quarter where they just realized if Hill can't get seven yards per quarterback dive – or draw, he's basically useless out there. And then they had, of course, the interceptions, the pick six by the defensive lineman, which was really, really entertaining. But Simeon should have come in at some point. It it was really just obvious that Hill, after he went to the tent, I thought that maybe they would bring in Simeon. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They decided to take the ride-or-die approach with the guy who probably shouldn't be playing quarterback in the NFL. But thanks, I guess. (laughs) There was really no way the Saints were going to win the game once – Sean Payton, I'm going to roast him again. First play of the fourth quarter, third and two. You've run the same quarterback draw about seven plays in a row for maybe 35 yards. And you decide, I got to be the smartest guy in the room. Let's call a play-action bootleg with no backup option. And Parsons sacks him for 11 yards, kicking them out of field goal range. So I thought that was the deciding play of the game, was the sack that was really caused by a terrible play call by Sean Payton. But sticking with Hill for the complete game really just has me scratching my head regarding Sean Payton. That's really my main takeaway for that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, first of all, I'm kind of thankful that they kept Taysom Hill in there because I took an over-rushing prop on him also right before the game started. So it kind of finally clicked through uh, to the New Orleans after the half to let, hey, let's start running the ball here uh, with Taysom Hill. And then it took Dallas a whole quarter to figure out, hey, Maybe let's load the box here after he had like 77 rushing yards in that third quarter uh, before they decided to change their uh, defensive strategies. Uh, Rod, takeaways from the game. Uh, I'll, let uh, you, it, I'll let you get into the CD Lamb. Uh, yeah, that's what's it. It sucked. <laughs> uh, move on. Uh, no, so look, CD Lamb, we had him as the first Cowboys touchdown. What happens? He comes up a yard short. Total heartbreak. And they didn't even go back to him on the next play. Uh, they ended up throwing it to Mark Cooper, who made him. Fantastic freaking catch. Let's I think put it, it was Gall- I think it was Gallup. Oh, it was Gallup. That's yeah. right. Michael yeah. Gallup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good, good call, Scott. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't CD Lamb. Let's just put it that way. That's who I saw. Uh, not CD Lamb. <laughs> yeah. That was heartbreak. Um, and look, as far as Taysom Hill is concerned, my daughter injured the same part of her. Fr- In fact, she was like, oh, look, daddy, he's got a splint on like I did for the last four weeks. <laughs> and she couldn't even play the saxophone. This dude's trying to play professional uh, quarterback on a team with a broken finger. Um, he, yeah, you're right. He should not have been in there, uh, but that's okay because I had the Cowboys winning this and they covered the spread. So I'm okay with them keeping Taysom Hill. I thought they were going to give it away though. The Cowboys uh, at the end by letting him just run all over him. Um, but yeah, I mean, tough day for our props. So moon off that that's the, that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, CD lamb has been the consistent longest reception guy for me. He, again, it cashed, I think late in that third or early fourth quarter, uh, for me, but, um, yeah, other than that, Dak Prescott, not 
running the ball anymore like he's had done in the past. Maybe that's still related to if he's the ankle injury or, or things like that. Maybe he's still kind of scared of doing that. So lesson learned on that. Um, Tony Pollard, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, obviously, the one breakout touchdown for 58 yards. But, Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this Dallas two running back system. For the amount of money that they're playing Ezekiel Elliott, what are your kind of thoughts on that two running back system? Well, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, which is the fact that Elliott's extremely overpaid. And the Cowboys feel that since we're paying him so much money, we're kind of obligated to use him all the time even though he probably should not have played yesterday because he was rumored to miss the game because he was having issues. And Elliot, as a tough guy, I'll give him props, said he wanted to play. That doesn't mean you have to give him the majority of the snaps as a running back because we can agree, even though Elliot is the, in my opinion, the best blitz pickup running back, probably since Marshall Falk. I think he's unbelievable when it comes to blitz pickup. Yeah. In every other aspect, Pollard's better, just based on the fact that even on Elliot's supposed handoff up the middle that he broke outside for, at the time, a game-high eight-yard carry. You could tell he was limping the entire way there. He just couldn't get to that second burst because he doesn't have it, either from the injuries or the age or all the above. And yet Pollard takes one halfback toss and takes it 58 to the crib, thanks to some really solid pursuit (laughs) angles by Marcus Williams, by the way. But I still don't really understand the point of limiting Pollard so heavily when you can tell that every time he has the ball in his hands or most of the time, something happens. He's a really good player that needs to be on the field all the time. And the Cowboys don't use him enough. Yeah, I agree. I think that number one, Ezekiel Elliott should not have played last night. I mean, you know, some of the carries that he was carrying. I think there's one run in particular where he he took it to the left side and you could just clearly tell like he almost wanted to like limp off to like to the side. But, you know, I mean, being a tough guy that he is, he he, he played. And yeah, like we said, I don't think he should be out there. Uh, Rod, thoughts on that two running back system? I feel like we briefly touched on it on Thursday, but Tony Pollard, man, uh, we talked about this on Thursday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we did. And we said that this is definitely one of the 1A, 1Bs. And and to be honest with you, it looked like Pollard started to take over the 1A position uh, because it looked like Elliott was just running into a wall each and every time. And and look, Tony Pollard really didn't do a whole lot better except for that one breakout. He was running into the same wall, but he managed to break through at some point. Yeah. Uh, what I wish they would have done is thrown him the ball more uh, yeah. because we had the the overprop on his receiving yards. Um, but that was neither here nor there. And that was part of that wacky scheme of, of everything anyways. But I mean, don't look now, but I mean, you said it, Munaf, uh, on our prop show Thursday. Tony Pollard could be a starting running back on a lot of teams right now. In fact, he could probably be a starting running back in New Orleans if they gave him a shot. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, uh, you know. New Orleans was batting a lot of injuries yesterday also. I mean, no Alvin Kamara. They didn't have two offensive linemen. Uh, I'm not making an excuse for them, but Taysom Hill, yeah, throwing the ball was bad. It took a whole half or a whole quarter for them to kind of figure out, hey, let's try to start uh, running the ball with Taysom Hill. Uh, any other thoughts for the game last night, guys, before we get into our player props for um, for the Sunday game, Scott? I think my only takeaway besides that, I already roasted Sean Payton because I thought he did an abysmal job yesterday. Yeah, I didn't really like what Kellen Moore did either for the Cowboys, but he was just not as bad as Sean Payton, which was really all you needed. But you're looking at the injuries. You're looking at the actual play calling and the fact that on paper, we saw the Saints get killed by the Bills. I'm not saying the Cowboys are as good as the Bills. The Saints had nothing going into that game. They had no weapons. The pass defense has been awful all season long because Lattimore's also regressed. 
the pass rush really didn't do much uh, just in general. And yet Kellen Moore is insisting on calling these handoffs on second and six to set up third and five. I, I don't know what the point is. You know that the Saints are ranked top three in in the rush rush defense. Yeah. And yet pass defense, you're in the 20s. Why are you even bothering? You know, Elliot, best case scenario on these handoffs into a wall is going to pick up about three yards. That's the ceiling. So why are you even bothering? Throw the damn ball. That, that's that, that was my kind of piece there. But more, they won the game. I wasn't that impressed. But he's got to pick it up when they actually face teams with actual quarterbacks yeah, to play against. Yeah, I'm very surprised that Dak Prescott didn't have 50 pass attempts in this game. And I think, Rod, that you were spot on with, I think you had the pass attempts for Dak Prescott going over and. Yeah, I mentioned this as Slack channel. They needed to throw the damn ball against the uh, against the Saints secondary, where you had guys. C.D. Lamb was back. Amari Cooper was still looking like he was getting his win back under, but C.D. Lamb was still out there. You had Dalton Schultz, Malcolm Gallup. They have a lot of great skill position players uh, on this Dallas Cowboys receiving core. And again, Tony Pollard is another guy that should have had more yardage. But uh, Rod, any last thoughts for this Thursday night game? Kick a field goal and make it. Like that. That's all I want. Uh, the over did not hit, and that was a field goal away from it. One missed field goal, and we would have had the over. Well, even Scott highlighted that this, that 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 opening play in the fourth quarter where Taysom Hill got sacked. That should have been a field goal. Well, that sack knocked him out of field goal range also. Yeah, we got a little yeah. luck in the end with the 70-yard uh, uh, touchdown by Deontay Harris and the pick six. But, yeah, this game should have gone over the total for sure. Uh, let's put a bow on Thursday night football. Please. Uh, let's move on to Sunday before we do that and get into our player props. Let's take one quick break here, guys. We'll come back and we'll get into our player props for NFL week 13. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. New new users can bet $1 and win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it up to 200%. If you bet $100, you'll get a free $200 free bet. Max wager is set at $750. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. You pick two to five players on any over and under on their stat projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Make sure to use promo code SGP and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. It's you versus the projected number. PricePix has a ton of stats to choose from including yardage, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. 
Price Picks allows you mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Price Picks offers every sport you can think of like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price Picks is a 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. It's really that easy, guys. Price Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and it's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. PricePicks.com promo code SGP for a 100% deposit match. That's PricePicks.com promo code SGP for a 100% deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, uh, since we have... Three guys on the pods today. We're going to give you three player props each, uh, and then we'll wrap it up with best bets and any final thoughts for NFL Week 13. Scott, I'm going to give you the floor here first, sir. Uh, first player prop for uh, the Sunday games. So I'm going to start off with a quarterback who has been kind of under the radar because he's been pretty good for the most part, but his team is awful and he's also been injured. It's Tyrod Taylor, and I'm looking at his matchup against the Colts here, and I'm looking at Taylor's rushing yards. I like the over 18 and a half at minus 110. Taylor has only played in five games. We know that he's battled some injuries throughout the year, but whenever he has played, he's been particularly good at running the ball. He's recorded at least 23 rushing yards in four of the five games that he's played. The only exception was 15 yards against Cleveland, and he got injured in the third quarter. So assuming he would have actually stayed healthy, I'm assuming he would have picked up eight more yards in the last about 25 minutes of the game. But the point is is that Taylor's been very good at picking up rushing yards. We know he's got underrated quickness. And if you're assuming that Houston's going to play from behind, we know they can't run the ball anyway. I do think that Taylor will eventually be running for his life enough to get a couple of yards here and there and maybe even some design carries. But Houston, we know playmaking wise, they're pretty limited I do think they'll try some design runs, try to get Taylor into space. But I like what I've seen so far from his rushing upside. Yeah. And 18 and a half just seems way too low to me. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head here that he's gone over this number in four of the last five games. Again, like you said, would have been five out of five if he didn't leave that game injured um, against the Browns. And I believe that was week two uh, where he left in that road game. So definitely following the trend there. I will say that this probably should have been 100% um, – over 18 and a half, he would have stayed in that game. But I love this, man. I've been watching some of these Texans games. Um, please pray for me. But, um, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, rushing yards, I like it. Rod, thoughts on that one? Oh, yeah. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is nothing if not a very mobile guy. And, again, 
Munaf, what's our what's our theme? It only takes one, right? Yeah. It only takes one good scramble, one good breakout, or two in this case, really, to get 17 or 18. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think that's about as safe as bet as any. Yeah, he's had long his long last week against the Jets. 30 yards was his longest run, and then the first two weeks against the Jags, he had one for 29, and then against the Browns, he had a, his only carry was for 15 yards. So, like we said, if we had saved that Browns game, he would have crushed that number as well. Rod, player prop number one for you, sir. We're going to go quarterback as well. This is a guy that, uh, you know, I don't ever actively root for folks to fail, but I mean, Matthew Stafford um, does it on his own. So I don't got to root for it, but I'm going to take Matthew Stafford over zero at 0.5 interception. So he's going to at least throw an interception. He's done it so far in the last three games. In fact, he's thrown two against Tennessee and San Francisco last week. He did it against green Bay. Look, he's going against the Jacksonville defense. It hasn't really picked the ball off a whole lot, but it's Matthew Stafford. He's going to throw one. It's just a matter of when. Um, I mean, that, that Jacksonville defense is certainly capable of picking the ball off. Uh, and Matthew Stafford seems more than willing to give defenses the ball. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and bet that he's going to get that uh, interception. It's at plus 105 right now. Um, so it's plus money. I, I don't know why Vegas seems to think that he's not going to throw an interception, but I'm, I'm willing to put money on the fact that he does. Bonus points if it gets returned for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, Rod, over the last three games here, he's give he's had at least one of the last three games. He's had two against the Niners. He had two against the Titans and then one against the Green Bay Packers. So I know they're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars here, but I mean, come on. I think that Stafford doesn't look like he's been in good form. Three straight losses for the Rams here, but maybe he gets it, maybe he gets it together here against the uh, Jaguars. But uh, I will bank on that at plus money. Any thoughts on that, uh, Scott? Yeah, I feel like it was one of the plays I was tempted to also give out. But I, one underrated aspect of this is the fact that Darrell Henderson might not play. Yeah. So if you're expecting Sony Michelle to play, and I'm assuming they're not going to give him 20-something carries, they might, but it doesn't really seem like something that the Rams have done. They've really decided to ride or die with the pass, and I do think that Stafford should get a decent amount of attempts here. And Jacksonville's defense might not be good, but occasionally – They'll shut down Josh Allen. So maybe they can put together a good performance in this one. It's mostly relying on Stafford to make one bad throw, which we've seen time and time again, pretty much his entire career. He prides himself on being a gunslinger. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Uh, yeah, like we said, it always takes one bad throw. That's been the theme for Rod and myself. He's on Thursdays. Uh, for my first one, I'm going to stay with the quarterback also. And uh, sorry to do this to you, uh, Rod, but... Jimmy G under 232 and a half passing yards. I think there's two reasons really why I like this. And it's simply backing this because the game plan for Kyle Shanahan that he's put together, at least over the last three weeks with their winning streak here has been running the football. And over his last three weeks, Jimmy G has fell well short of 233 passing yards. And that's really because 49ers are dominating running the ball. Like I said, and I don't see that changing this week in a previous match of this season against the Seahawks, Jimmy G threw 465 passing yards. The advantage for the 49ers will be in the ground game this game. Like I said, last week, 49ers, um, I'm sorry, the not, uh, Seahawks allowed 152 rushing yards. In a previous matchup against the Seahawks, the 49ers ran for 143 rushing yards on the ground. Another reason, right, Debo Samuel is going to be out for this game uh, for the 49ers. And Debo Samuel pretty much is the offense or the best offensive player for the 49ers. He's accounted for 37.3% of the receiving yards from quarterbacks, both Jimmy G and Trey Lance, when he's throwing the football. So 
The game plan, again, should be simple. I think that they're going to run the ball again with Elijah Mitchell, with some of the other guys in that backfield. So I'm going Jimmy G under 232 and a half passing yards. Rod, I know you're the Niners uh, Niners fan. What thoughts on that one? Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh, again, this is one of those situations where the Niners have have identified a way that they can win ball games. And I know Kyle Shanahan is not stubborn, too stubborn to continue to do what works. Uh, as you can tell by the fact that he handed the ball off almost every single play in the last few games. Um, and you know, it's true that Jimmy G doesn't need to be on top of his game to to win these, especially when uh, the running backs in the running game have have done well. So, um, you know. I, for me, I think that's a good a good uh, estimate as far as where Jimmy G's at, right? I mean, he doesn't need to put the ball up enough. And the Seahawks are reeling. So if we can, I say we because, you know, I'm a Niners fan. But if, if the <laughs> Niners can smash him in the mouth uh, early with the run game, uh, I, I really don't see Jimmy G needing to do much because, again, the Seahawks are just atrocious lately. Scott, thoughts on the Jimmy G? I think it's a matter of lack of volume. When you're looking at the 49ers and the recipe for success, the less, less is more for Garoppolo there. I feel like anytime he's attempting less than 20 passes, you're assuming the Niners won the game pretty handily, and that's kind of what we've seen for the last couple of weeks. Garoppolo's, in my opinion, a good game manager. He's not the kind of guy you want to have the ball in his hands all the time, but he can make a couple of throws he needs to make over the course of a game, and after Seattle's defensive line got pretty much manhandled on Monday night for the entire game, I do think that Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson and company should have some success on the ground. I agree with the play. Scott, let's go with player prop number two for you. What do you got, bud? So we just talked about how good the Niners are at running the ball, and yet I'm going to fade a running back for the 49ers because one of them is coming back off the injured list, and I do think his rushing yards is a little bit too high. It is Jamichael Hasty. Yes, that's pe- people forgot he's on the actual team, but <laughs> his rushing yards is currently priced at 11.5 at minus 125 on DraftKings. I have no idea why this is in double digits, so I'm just going to take it because Hasty is the official third down pass catcher change of pace back. And the truth is he really has not been involved in the ground game at all for this entire season. You're looking at the current numbers. He's played five games. He's recorded less than five rushing yards in four of those five games. He's recorded less than five carries in four of those five games. And of course he played when Jeff Wilson was injured so now Hasty is easily the third or even maybe the fourth running back on the depth chart if Sermon is active. I don't really know, but the point is I have no idea why they would ever give him more than three carries in this game unless Mitchell and Dash or Wilson get injured. Plus, it's his first game since the beginning of November. He'll be on a snap count anyway. So if I'm expecting Hasty to get maybe three carries as a ceiling, this number's too high. Give me the under 11 and a half. Rod, I'll kick it to you, sir. You're the Diners fan. I mean, Mitchell's the guy, right? I mean, they're going to continue to feed him the ball. I mean, look, the fact that Debo is out could give Hasty a shot at some of those um, pitches that that Debo could get, but I don't see that because Wilson tends to, to come in to spell Mitchell more than uh, anything else. And, and I think with Debo out, that only stands to make Wilson a more valuable asset than Hasty. Um, because again, this was one of those running back rooms that until uh, the, the beginning of the season was so absolutely crowded, we didn't know who was going to do what. And now with Shanahan giving the ball to Debo as much as he's been giving him in the, in the rushing game, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Hasty has literally become an afterthought because of injuries. So I, I like you, Scott, I don't see Hasty really contributing much to this and um, definitely don't see him getting over 11 yards. Yeah, I don't I was, think there's a guarantee he's even going to get one carry in this game. So yeah. if he ends up with one or two, I'm assuming injury is going to be related because with Samuel out, I do think they might try to use Hasty in the passing game more because he is a weapon out there. But in the ground game, the 49ers are a very, very physical running team. They like to run it in the trenches. How's Hasty going to help you? What is he, like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, like 170 pounds? Like, I don't sure, think he's really going to help you too. with the system. Hey, hey, I'm sure they can, but in the Niners system, when you want to go downhill all the time, I really don't think he's a good fit for this running scheme. Agreed. Yeah, I, I agree with that also. This might be the gift of the week by the books, uh, the Jamichael Hasty prop here. Rod, uh, let's go with player prop number two. What do you got for us, sir? All right, I'm going to do a, a, a combo. I, I found this and I like this. Um, and, and I think that one, one side of this is probably going to help the cash more than the other side of it. I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Cooks over 174 and a half combined yards. It's a plus 110. Jonathan Taylor, we know, can do this on his own. So, I mean, almost don't even need to worry about Brandon Cooks' total. But look, Brandon Cooks can contribute, all right? He's at 45 yards. Let's not count Tennessee where he had 18, but he had 56 before that, 83 against the Rams, 89 against Indianapolis. So, look, he can get halfway there, right? I mean, and and we know that Jonathan Taylor is a monster already in and of himself. Um, 185 yards against Buffalo, 83 against Tampa last week, 116 against Jackson. Those are all just running. So, I mean, if we're looking at 174 and a half combined yards between the two of them, um, give me that over all day. I I think you hit, hit, the, hit the nail on the head, Rod, when you said that Jonathan Taylor could probably do this on his own uh, if he wanted to. And I think, is, what didn't he have like almost like 200 rushing yards against the Texans in their last matchup? Uh, he, he had 145. Carries, yeah, for 145. Yeah. yeah, so I think one thing that we do maybe need to keep track of Rod on this one is that I'm seeing Brandon Cooks may be questionable with an illness, but he should be able to go. I didn't see that he was ruled out or anything. But again, I think this might be another Jonathan Taylor week for the Indianapolis Colts. And again, with, with Brandon Cooks being the number one guy, at least in Houston as far as a wide receiving core, I mean, he gets his yards every single week, whether it's 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever. He's leading this team in receiving yards at, I think, 704. And he had 89 receiving yards in their last matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. So I really like that. that that's a fun prop, um, you know, same game uh, kind of parlay there, you can say. Uh, Scott, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I definitely can understand the point there. My question for you is, is there a reason why you don't just want to take Taylor to go over 105 rushing yards? Because it wasn't plus money. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I like going after plus money stuff. I'm, I, that's just me. Okay, I was just curious because Taylor only had 14 carries. He went for one. Of course, he had the outlier with the 80-something yard touchdown there. But if you're expecting Taylor to probably get 20-something carries, especially in a positive game flow game, and you think Taylor could do it by himself, I am curious if there was a reason why you didn't just pick Taylor to go by himself over about 105 and a half. I feel like I saw this number way higher than it was at 104. And maybe that's just in my head, but I, 104 and a half. I think that's, yeah, it, it's, it's lower than I thought it would be. But again, I think he's going to crush this number again this week against the Texans and he's been doing it weekend and week, week out. Um, for I took, my, I took a prop on him. Uh, I took a prop on him earlier in the week. I took him to win offensive player of the year at around plus two twenty, 
which I think is a pretty good price. Yeah, I was looking at that. I was looking at NFL offensive player. I think he's the he's a him and Cooper Cup are the favorites, right, uh, Scott? Yeah, but of course Taylor's going to get more volume because he's the yeah, running back. So right. I think that he should pull ahead late. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that plus two twenty five. I mean, and then there's a significant drop off to Debo Samuel at ten to one, who's going to miss this week. So yeah, I think you're sitting pretty there also. Um, for my second one, going back to the well, man, with my longest reception, Justin Jefferson. Longest reception over 27 and a half receiving yards. And look, I don't really have a handicap for this one, guys. I've been backing this every single week and it's been cashing almost every single week, at least over the last four weeks, it's cast for sure. But Jefferson has gone over this number in eight out of his last eight out of the last 10 weeks. Detroit Lions, number 31 in league uh, in the league in opponent yards per completion allowed. The Lions have allowed a long reception of over 27 and a half yards in every single game this year in every single game. So I don't see why Justin Jefferson cannot get loose for one here. I might be adding an Adam Thaleen prop as well for longest reception. And I think that again, this should come into fruition for me. Uh, I'm just going to bet this and make sure uh, after the game is over that my account bounce a little higher with Justin Jefferson, longest reception over 27 and a half yards. Scott thoughts on this one. I don't really think you need my thoughts. The percentage is high. You know, the lines are terrible. Jefferson's very good. I, I don't mind the prop at all. <laughs> Rod. My Scott Fishbowl team would absolutely love that. And uh, if, cause you know, Kirk Cousins will be throwing the ball. So more of that. I want more of those receptions. Yeah. And I think you might maybe want to throw in also Kirk Cousins longest, uh, longest completion to go. I think I saw it at 38 and a half, uh, 38 and a half yards, but I mean, Justin Jefferson, this, he's the downfield threat. Uh, I don't think the Lions have an answer to stop this guy. So uh, I will keep that one short. Let's go to player prop number three, Scott, what do you got? So it's actually in the same game, looking at the Vikings and the Lions. I'm looking at Jared Goff and I'm looking at his passing yards. And I like the under 229 and a half at minus 115. He's recorded less than 223 passing yards in five of the last six games. Plus we know he was battling a couple of injuries and I am curious how many hits he can actually take before maybe he gets injured at some point during the game, but they already played once this season and Goff only recorded 203 passing yards. So I do think that the Vikings did a pretty good job of containing him, but we've seen the lions really handle Goff with, bubble wrap the entire season because the coaching staff really doesn't trust them at all. So I don't expect many deep shots. I don't expect many big yardage plays. And even in the occasional screen pass to DeAndre Swift, it's not really a thing anymore because Swift isn't playing. So I do think yeah. that you might see a decent amount of dump off passes, etc. But you look at the receiving core for the Lions. If he's going to get over this, it's a bunch of nickeling and diming because he really does not have a go-to guy for 40 plus yards on a given play. So I do think if they're going to be, if he's going to be forced to complete, let's just say 20 something passes in order to actually go over this. I do think this number seems a bit high. Give me the under. You're telling me to take an under on Jared golf. I, I, I cannot disagree with that. This guy is absolutely terrible. I mean, Rod, can we not agree about that? <laughs> Jared Goff, man. Like, I, I don't, you know, look, he was he was bad with the Rams as far as I was concerned because he was a, a conference rival. Yeah. Uh, but even now that he's out, I, I don't really care about that guy. So any under on Jared Goff, I can take at this point. Give it to me. He's still winless without McVay as his coach, by the way. Well, he's winless in life, but whatever. <laughs> Rod, let's go with player prop number three, bud. What do you got? I got Austin Eckler. Oh, I'm going to give you a special. This one is a um, an, a prize pick special, actually. Okay. Uh, I got this one off of prize picks. It is Austin Eckler over five receptions 
Um, I'm giving this to you because he's actually had six receptions in both of the last game against the um, Steelers and the Broncos. Uh, and you know that he's heavily involved in the, um, the passing game as much as possible. So I have a feeling that he's going to at least grab another five, uh, if not six against the Jaguars. Um, because look, the Jaguars have been giving up some pretty decent receptions against uh, um, opposing running backs. They give up seven oh, and, total. Uh, I'm sorry, the Jaguars. Are I'm sorry, the not the Jaguars, yeah, the Rams. Okay. Well, they have the same logo. Right? They have the same logo, but they're different teams. Yeah, I'm scrolling too fast for my own good, so apologies for that. Um, but even still, I mean, they've been vulnerable. Uh, they gave up five receptions against the Packers, um, eight against the Lions, six against the Texans. So um, it's been done before. Eckler's awesome. And uh, like I said, he's caught six passes in the last two games. I have a feeling he's in it again this, this week. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, what the Bengals have given up to opposing running backs here. 7.4 per game and about 55.8 receiving yards to that running back position. So you're on the right track there, Mammy. I mean, Austin Eckler, again, he's when healthy, a great fantasy guy and, you know, a guy that can eat up scrimmage yards, both rushing and receiving. So I'm not going to argue against that one. Scott, thoughts on Austin Eckler? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's always a little bit tricky when it comes to trying to predict a running back receptions because they're always capable of just do, having success on the ground. And you just get none of that for your actual bet, like we like you saw with Tony Pollard for rushing yeah. yards as opposed to receiving yards. But Eckhor has been really good. I expect this game to feature a lot of points. Uh, I do think that you will see Eckler, who is really the main piece of this offense. Let's be real. I think that he will be more heavily involved moving forward because he kind of needs to be yeah. if the Chargers want to actually compete for a division title. So, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, Austin Eckler again. I've had it on my fantasy team last year, the previous year where he got, I think it was last year where he got injured and I have a sour taste in my mouth about Austin Eckler, but I'm happy that he's been able to stay healthy this season uh, for the Los Angeles uh, chargers there. So yeah, like your, I agree with you, Scott. I think we're going to see a lot of points in this game against the Bengals. So that should be a, a fun matchup to watch on Sunday. Um, that'll leave me with my last player prop. And I'm going to go with uh, Cordero Patterson. Over 37 and a half receiving yards against the Tampa Bay Bucks at home on Sunday. Um, we've talked about this plenty of times on the propcast that the Bucks are one of the best rush defenses in the league. That's why I'm taking the receiving yard prop to go over against the Bucks uh, passing defense. And if the Falcons are going to keep Patterson involved, it's going to have to be in the passing game. This matchup earlier this season against the Bucks. Patterson had 58 receiving yards against the uh, Bucks in that game. And against the Saints, we're also a top rushing defense. We, we talked about earlier uh, at the top of the show, the Falcons utilized Pat, uh, Patterson in the passing game where he ended up with 126 receiving yards. So uh, I'm going to go with Patterson over 38, seven and a half receiving yards. Um, it might be a game where he gets 60, in that 60, 70 range. So 37 and a half, I think is way too low for a guy like this. Uh, live dogs are the Falcons. I think this Sunday against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, thoughts on that one, uh, Rod? I like Cordell Patterson on over a lot of things. Uh, he's been one of those guys where uh, we talk about fantasy. Um, he's been a very great surprise in fantasy for a lot of reasons and for a lot of folks that picked him up off the waiver wire. So, um, yeah, I mean, he continues to be one of these pieces of the Atlanta offense that um, they need, right? I mean, they, they need to stay competitive. And if they want to continue to win games, if they want to win games in, at all, they got to get Daryl Patterson involved um, because obviously without uh, uh, their major threats, without a Calvin Ridley, it's, it's just tough to get anything going. So 
Um, yeah, you need a guy like Cordell Patterson, and and I'll take an over. I'll take an over on that for him. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Scott, thoughts on uh, Patterson there? Yeah, I agree with everything you said until Atlanta being a live dog this Sunday. That I don't see. But I think they'll cover the spread. I don't think I'm just saying. okay. Live dog and covering the spread are two different things. So we'll you know see. you gotta you gotta see where I'm coming from there. <laughs> but I think that Patterson is, of course, I think he's been the darling of the season when it comes to just guys flying under. the the radar and i'm happy for him that he was able to revive his career after he was kind of an afterthought after being a top 10 pick being arguably the best kick returner since devin hester but as an actual offensive player he's been able to make serious contributions but of course i mean he's the main piece of this offense especially since after calvin Ridley left yeah he's really the only guy they have so i do think they're going to force feed him the ball because they kind of need to and i do think that as you mentioned before it might just take one play with regard to Tyra Taylor's rushing yards, if we're talking about even just any given receiver, um, it might just take one reception. You might see Patterson break one and have a 40-yard reception, 50-yard reception, and that's definitely feasible. So I like the over there, too. Tampa's defense has been okay, but it's been pretty underwhelming at times, and I do think that the secondary has had some moments where they've underperformed. I don't mind expecting Cordell Patterson to have a pretty big game. Yeah, I think we got to give Arthur Smith and at least that offensive, uh, the coaches, a lot of credit for the way they've been able to find ways to utilize Patterson, whether it's been in the passing game or the or the uh, the running game. So, uh, yeah, definitely a fantasy darling this season and, and a player props darling for sure uh, has been Patterson this season. Guys, let's take one final break. We'll come back. We'll identify a best bet for the Sunday games, and we'll get any final thoughts to wrap up this NFL Week 13 player props uh, propcast. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app and it's really fun to use. One of the reasons we love it is that they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in on some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus they have some added a really, really cool bonus guys. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick ass trophy from trophysmack.com. The app is totally free to play. Download the app today for iPhone and Android. Check them out today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app. It is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. 
And guys, make sure to check out prizepicks.com. It is really, really fun website, and it's really great for betting on your favorite uh, players, their stat projections to go over or under. Make sure to go to prizepicks.com, get signed up today, and make sure to get that 100% deposit bonus by only using the promo code SGP. You're not going to get that 100% deposit bonus without using that promo code SGP. I highly recommend it to all my friends and listeners who have contacted me about this. Go to prizepicks.com and use that promo code SGP. And finally, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get to best bet, guys. Uh, Scott, I'll give you the floor here first, sir. Uh, uh, What's your best bet for player prop for Sunday? So there was one prop that I gave out that actually had a line of minus 125, which is Michael Hasty. Live on the air, it went down to minus 110. So I'm going to take that as my best bet just because of the fact that I don't know why they just gave me a better line for it, but thank you. You're, I'm looking at Hasty, and it just goes down to the lack of volume. I don't know why he'd ever carry the ball more than twice in this game unless there's an injury because Hasty has barely been involved for the last month because he hasn't played in the last month. So I'm assuming that he's going to have a snap count no matter what. He's a pass-catching guy who really doesn't run the ball that much. And when you have Mitchell, who's been so good, he had 100 and what do you have, 150 something yards last week? Yeah. You had Wilson, who's been kind of underwhelming, but we've seen him have flashes before. And he's clearly the running back two in the situation. You're giving me a running back three who's mostly a third down pass catcher for rushing yards at 11 and a half. I don't know why he'd have more than two carries in this game. So I'm going to take the under as my best bet. Rod, best bet. I'm taking Stafford over 0.5 interceptions. The guy's going to throw one. I mean, you, you might as well make money off of it, right? He's he he is, so you might as well. Yeah, for my best bet, I'm gonna go with Justin Jefferson, longest reception over 27 and a half yards. Uh, again, this Lions defense has given that up to a receiver in every single game this season. And uh Justin Jefferson's done it eight out of the I think 10 games they have played so far. So for me, Justin Jefferson over 27 and a half uh, longest reception on Sunday against the Lions. One last question for you guys, and I, I introduced this uh, question or segment on the NBA Gambling Podcast this morning, kind of putting you guys on the spot here. Scott, I'll start with you. 11 or how many, ever many games we have on the board uh, for the Week 13 schedule? Give me one game that you absolutely cannot figure out the spread to and are going to stay away from as far as betting it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to need a second just actually to go through this. Um, if I had to pick one spread that I don't really understand, it's going to be the 49er spread because I understand these teams usually play each other close. I understand that the Seahawks at home are usually pretty good. This team stinks. I, I don't really know what more you want me to add. Seattle's just a terrible football team. And you're going through the couple of games since Russ has come back. He's clearly banged up. He clearly can't throw the ball well or at least consistently they can't run the ball either so that, that's just not fun and the defense we've seen with jamal adams and everybody else there they've had issues stopping colt mccoy so i have serious questions about this defense because antonio gibson ran it down their throats last week the niners are rolling right now i get that it has the trappy feel to it because seattle has a must-win game whatever it was a must-win game last week yeah and the week before and probably the week before too and they've lost every game 
So I'm going to take the Niners who are playing really well. They got their identity back fading Russell Wilson, who really looks like he shouldn't be out there at this point. Yeah, I think that maybe we're discounting. Maybe, I mean, I know it's already built in the line that Debo Samuel's not playing, but I just feel like that line hasn't moved enough or hasn't accounted for that Debo Samuel's not going to be out there. So, um, yeah, that that one was a little tricky for me as well. Rod, I'm going to give you the same question. One game against the spread you're looking at that you have no idea which way to go through and you're going to completely stay away from. Well, I don't understand why the Chargers are dogs to the Bengals. Uh, they're they're three point dogs to the Bengals. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to bet this because it feels like a trap. Uh, the the Chargers are on a not necessarily a roller roll. They lost to the the Vikings a couple weeks ago, uh, pretty badly. But you know, I don't know. To me, I don't think the Bengals are are doing enough to make this uh, an actual you know uh, three point favorite. So. That has me scratching my head. I'm probably just going to stay away. I, I, I don't know. I may take the Chargers just because I like the underdogs anyways, but I don't know. if It doesn't feel safe to me. I mean, Wait, so, th- so you're not impressed the Bengals beat up on Ben Roethlisberger last week? <laughs> <laughs> I think the only person that was impressed with that is uh, Joe Burrow's mom. <laughs> uh, for me, that one game, I think it's probably going to have to be the Cardinals and the Bears just because there's so many question marks with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And even if they are going to be back, how effective are they going to be? Um, So I am completely staying away from that Cardinals and the Bears game. Maybe tease down the Cardinals, but yeah, I'm completely staying away from that game. Um, Yeah, I kind of want to throw that out there for you guys. But yeah, just to, to give the listeners something to think about. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the NFL Week 13 Player Props Propcast. Rod, Scott, thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, Scott, give you the floor here, sir. Anything you want to plug, and where can the people find you, man? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, doing a lot of content fantasy football. Got the weekly rankings, which have gone pretty well so far. I'm actually doing a fantasy piece tonight on some guys that you should target in the waiver wire for Week 13. So stay tuned for that. Besides that, a lot of editing, whether it involves this podcast, the NBA gambling podcast, the golf gambling podcast. Yeah, I've been keeping busy. And I've also appeared on the Fantasy Football Podcast. So I've been really involved. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez, uh, as always on the PropCast for the Thursday night football games. Uh, and of course, listen and download the Fantasy Football Show here on the SGPN. Uh, yeah, find me all over the website and uh, just having fun with Moonoff and Scott and the rest of the crew. Yeah, definitely. We are pumping out the fantasy football content or the guys are, I'm sorry, Scott and Rod and the guys over there are pumping out the fantasy football pod uh, podcast and the content on the website. So definitely check out all the stuff that's happening on the website with fantasy football. Scott dropping another piece tonight uh, as soon as we are done here. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this podcast. Rod, Scott, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Hopefully we uh, finish profitable on Sunday. Make sure to download the SGP and app guys. A lot of great stuff happening on the app picks and pods. As soon as they come out are on the podcast and make sure to check out everything. Like I said, happening on the website at sports gambling podcast.com. With that being said, guys, good luck with your bets tonight. Good luck with your bets on NFL week 13. Uh, we will be back next week for NFL week 14 prop cats till then let's break the books off and let it ride. <laughs>